Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Deprogrammed on Unsafe Space. Today is what? I don't even know. Thursday, November 7th. Uh, I would introduce Carrie, but I don't know if she's back yet. Hold on. She ran to get a drink because that's how... No, she's not back yet. But when she comes back, I'll introduce Carrie. Um, I love that there's a bunch of people in chat already. It's awesome. So uh, welcome, everyone. Thank you. We've been getting more subscribers on Subscribestar, more supporters. So... Um, really appreciate it. We can't do this without you guys. So thank you. There she is. Hey, Carrie. Carrie. Hi. Can there you hear me? Is. Yes. We're live. Oh, okay. Good. <laughs> I gotta take my boots off. Hold on. Have I developed an affinity for cats? No, Lindsay. Uh, in fact, I have a squirt bottle here. Oh, that no. My wife are very mad about because sometimes... <laughs> The cat needs to get squirted, not maliciously, but when she's doing things. Oh, she's gosh. Doing, like chewing on HDMI cables and crap. So. <clears throat> hey, uh, guess what? Speaking of cats, there's a cat under my house right now, and it uh, it's under this room now. So you might hear it. It's been meowing, like screeching earlier today, and Tiger's going crazy because he thinks the cat's in the room, and it's not. It's an old <laughs> house, really old house, and um, there's like a crawl space like this. So. I went and tried to lure it out, but it's a wild cat, I think. So I put some food out there. We'll see. But anyway, there's a cat under my room. <laughs> well, uh, sorry to disappoint everyone except for Keith, but you're not going to see my cat today because my cat is snuggling with my daughter in the next room who's curled up reading a book for homeschooling. Uh, so uh, no cat. But Keith, you're welcome. No cat today for you. So... Carrie, I think you need to introduce this whole thing because I don't run our Instagram account. I'm like, people who are on Instagram kind of know I'm pretty checked out. You don't really don't see me very much on Instagram. Uh, I don't know if it's just an old person thing. I don't know. I just don't. I'm not on Instagram very much. But well, but you're you do you mostly run the Twitter. I mostly run the Twitter. I but I don't really do much on Twitter other than advertisers. Like I'm bad at social media. I don't really want to be spending time like argue, arguing with people online uh, on social media very much. Like you're really good at Facebook. You're really good at Instagram. I'm kind of like, yeah, hey, here's our stuff. I'm going to go read. Um, but I know. Thanks. Okay, Boomer. I think that meme is destroyed <laughs> now. <laughs> um, All right, Art. I'm a Boomer. <laughs> uh, um, well, okay, so here's here's what's yeah, happening. Explain what happened, please. Well, first of all, can you hear that music in the background? Should I go turn it off? I can't hear it. Okay. Um, so Instagram has decided to start censoring unsafe space. And like a lot of these social media behemoths, they make it virtually impossible to actually talk to a real person over there or to fight it at all or to get any real answer um they sort of their met their their modus operandi is just to be unreachable and that's not just for stuff like this i mean it's if you have a like try having a problem with your account and trying to get a hold of someone over there to fix it <laughs> like they just don't they're like above it all you know um and that's that's true for for instagram google like all, all sorts of these platforms but anyway Wait, so uh, can we pause for that for a second yeah. it's so amazing even the companies that we've traditionally vilified for poor customer service like comcast like they have they at least answer the phone eventually there's like literally yeah. no one these large tech companies literally have no one listening at they have all no one nope. they don't care service. 
Yeah. Yeah. They're so above it. They don't, they, they hold the people who use their platform. They hold all of us in such contempt. They don't even have like I, for something totally unrelated to unsafe space, something for my paying job. <laughs> um, I had to, I had the pro- problems with Google and Instagram uh, that had nothing to do with any such. It was just like, Oh, this, there's a bug. This thing's messed up. Can we get this fixed? There's no actual way to talk to a real person. <laughs> Right. It's like, wait, what? You can So anyway, um, they believe that they know all the bugs already, and they're like that. You couldn't possibly give them any information that they don't know and care. And about. they just like, don't care. Yeah. They are, they're so big, and they have so many of us using their platform. They don't really care. So I. Uh, so what happened with unsafe space? So we finally got on Instagram because a lot of the knitters on Instagram, and that's where uh, this this. Um, SJW knitting work kind of unfolded and Carter and I both have personal accounts. I, I use mine. I used to use mine mostly just for dog pictures and boot photos. <laughs> and it was like the one place I was trying to keep like non um, unsafe spaced. But, um, but now I'm clearly, I'm been pulled into the, into the discussion and stuff on, on there. And I don't mind it. I'm like, sure, I'll, I'll engage in this stuff there too. But so we have, we created an official unspaced, safe account because that's where a lot of the new viewers are at and just kind of to so we could watch how this is unfolding and what's been really interesting to me we've mentioned this before but it's been very encouraging because a lot of the knitters a lot of viewers uh supporters of maria tuscan and sockmetician and and other knitters who've been um unfairly targeted by the by the mob online um have started speaking up and pushing back and and doing so in a civil way, um, you know, a firm way, but in a civil way, countering their arguments with reason, with, you know, humor, with um, sometimes sarcasm, but for the most part, I've seen people being very sincere and that's effective. They don't like that. <laughs> they don't like being countered. They're, they rely on people being afraid and tucking their tails and either uh, uh, bowing and apologizing or just at the very least staying silent. Like they're, they're not used to people pushing back on mass like that. And so um, I think what's happened is that even though our account was pretty new and I wasn't even that diligent about it, I was, I was neglecting it. I told Carter yesterday, Hey, I haven't done Kofefi updates in a while. I've got to try and do two a day so we can catch up. Right. Cause I was been like ignoring it, but even though I was, wasn't really taking care of it, it was growing exponentially. Like we just put it up and it's almost at 300 subscribers, which is where my personal account's at. And, um, our posts were getting lots of likes and comments. They were getting a high percentage of engagement for our number of followers, like a very high percentage considering how many followers we had. And so, um, we had started doing what a lot of the, um, I would say reasonable and kind and thoughtful knitters were doing, which is to use the hashtags that the SJW knitters had uh, co-opted and started. Um, they had co-opted them and they had started using the hashtags diverse knitty, um, Tuscan knits and sockmetician to sort of uh, to sully the character and the reputation of specific knitters who didn't fall in line like Maria Tuscan, like sockmetician. So we, a, a bunch of us on, Instagram, like, um, there've been some really great ones. Round rabbit comes to mind. Um, knit fragility. People had started posting stuff and hash- using those hashtags, posting positive stuff, posting reasoned arguments, um, trying to reclaim those hashtags so that it's not just overwhelmingly SJW things. And so 
Um, yesterday, we posted our uh, two SJW bingo cards, which we created a while back, but people were, in, there was interest in them again, because we talked about them. And um, they're really funny. It's basically just a bingo card with all the words that they use. It's, there's, it's the words they use that, and they're allowed to use on Instagram. <laughs> so anyway, Instagram removed one of them. They removed it and they sent us this uh, image, which I'll show you, that said uh, that it, um, hold on, let me open it up. It said that the post uh, conflicted with their guidelines on violent and dangerous organizations, which <laughs> is absolutely false. Uh, we're not a violent or dangerous organization. Unless with- Dangerous, I don't know. Well, I think that SJWs are violent and dangerous. So I was like, maybe they're objecting to the. <laughs> no, no, no. No, okay. I think we're dangerous ideologically. We're like, oh yeah, they don't. Okay. Defining defining their terms is dangerous. They don't. They can't have that. So here's what they sent us, guys. I'll put it on the screen. Your post goes against our community guidelines, which Carter, by the way, we both looked this up, and Carter's probably going to address this a little later. It doesn't. Uh, anyway, your post goes against our community guidelines. We removed your post because it goes against our community guidelines. We created these guidelines to support and protect our community on Instagram. Now, notice we just finished reading 1984 in Unsafe Space Book Club, which is so appropriate um, because like George Orwell is really instrumental in talking about how they use um, language. And when I say they, I mean, this ideology is very old. It, you're seeing a new iteration of it, but it's very old. And so that's how someone like Orwell can write about stuff like this way back then. And it's applicable now because ideology lives on after people die and it evolves. And so this is authoritarianism. This is collectivism. This is, this is a tyrannical belief system. Like they don't, they're, the, the belief system itself, the ideology is so flawed and so corrupted that they have to engage in censorship. That's why they support censorship because they can't, um, it, it can't stand up under scrutiny. So anyway, I'm, I'm getting off track, but they engage in doublespeak and they engage in projection. So one of the things they do is they use the words uh, that describes their behavior <laughs> and they use the opposite of what they're doing. So they're saying we're here to support and protect our community. No, they're not here to support and protect their community. Um, we removed it for violence and dangerous organizations. Well, that's absolutely false. Um, and so this is, this is all that they gave us. And then, and if you have questions, Carter, interrupt me because I'm just on the card just so people see. Yeah. Like, so here's. You have the card with you? Yeah. Here's what they took down. Um, so you guys can judge for yourself and feel free to go look at their guidelines, which we'll show later. But this was our second bingo card. And so this is just a lot of um, the words, the mad, what we call the magic words that people who have bought into this ideology. Um, they use these words a lot and this is their language. And I'm sure you guys have seen this, these words all over Instagram. They haven't been taken down because it's okay for them to use them. Um, somebody pointed out and forgive me, I forget which user it was, but if you're here, feel free to say so in the chat. One of the knitters it pointed out, and I thought this was brilliant because it's true. Um, this is a mirror that's reflecting them back to themselves and they don't like what they see. Right. It's kind of like, I saw this great video talking about the Joker movie, the new Joker movie, and how um, how much the media hated it. 
And the guy, his commentary, this video I watched, he was saying, you know, what they hate about it is that it's reflecting them back to themselves. The way that the media and entertainers are portrayed in that movie is a, is a reflection that they don't like. That's why they hate that movie so much. It's not that it's overly violent or gory. Or There's a ton of movies that are John Wick. The new John Wick is out. There's a ton of movies that are more gory and violent. They don't like the Joker movie because it shows them a reflection of themselves that is not flattering. And that's what this card is. This is like, hey, we see you. We see what you do. We know your language. Here it is. And they can't yep. stand that. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, that's it. It's, uh, it reminds me of Cernovich. Um, remember when Cernovich made the hoax movie? <clears throat> In the hoax movie, he explained that like one of the things he was trying to do was to to hold up a mirror to the media and be like, well, I'm just going to do what you do. And they they called them not a journalist. They called them fake news. They called them a, like conspiracy theorists. They like did all the things to him that, um, you know, they they called them all these bad things, but he was just really just trying to reflect back on them, how they're behaving. Um, how they're this behaving. Is, this is even and, more of a mirror. This is just like, here are the words you use. That's it. Here's the list of the words you use. And of course we're doing it in a comp. We're using humor. We're putting it in a bingo car- card. That's funny. Um, like uh, well, We didn't say anything. That bingo card doesn't say these are bad words to use. It doesn't make a statement about the words. It just says SJW bingo. Here are the words. That's it. That's all it says. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Lindsay Peterson says in the chat, uh, the kiss of death, you were effective. And that's absolutely true. So we've talked about this when it relates to our friend, uh, Mike Harlow, who's been permanently banned from Twitter. Today is day number 21 of his permanent banning. Um, Mikey was just at that level where he's not big enough for it to be huge news if they if they do this to him. But he is big enough and he's his growth is exponential enough and he's effective enough that it's a small channel they're going to take out. They do this to people all the time. They drop people down the memory. Hole. Speaking of 1984, you know, where he has to go and burn the memory. He drops yeah, into the memory, memory hole. hole. Yeah. yeah. And then it's like it never happened. He erases people from history. That's part of his job. He has to open the thing and put it down the chute. They put people down the chute all the time. And then you don't even one day they're not on Twitter and you don't even know they were banned. You know, or one day they're not on Instagram, whatever. So with us right now, our channel's still up, but here's what they're doing now. So they took that one post down and then um, I noticed they were shadow banning us. So shadow banning is something they do across platforms. They do it on Twitter. They do it on Instagram, they do it on Facebook. Um, it's a more cowardly way of censoring you because they sometimes you don't know what's happening because to you, it looks like all, all your posts are still there. You have no idea that they're messing with you. Um on Facebook, there remember there was this uh, internal documents that came out that showed that showed they were de-throttling uh, certain users like Cernovich and others where uh, their posts were not showing up in people's feeds. But how would he know? He still sees his posts, right? So in our case, um, here's one thing we know they're doing. Um, we were using those hashtags we mentioned on some of these posts, like uh, hashtag diversity, hashtag Tuscan Nets, hashtag hashtag Sockmetician. Uh, if you go to those hashtags now and you look at recent and you scroll down, you can see they've removed all of our unsafe space posts from the hashtag. So our posts are still up, but they're not showing up under the hashtags. They, they've shadow banned us from the, so that we don't appear. But even more insidious, we went to the search function under a different account and they've taken us off of search. They've quietly removed us from the search results. So if someone is looking for our channel 
and they don't know our exact handle, which is underscore unsafe space, by the way. <laughs> but if they don't know that, they can't, they made it really hard for people to find us. So this is the kind of stuff they do all the time. It's just interesting for to be experiencing it firsthand now and be like, oh, okay, yeah. Well, I know this happens, but it's kind of surreal to see it happening unfold yeah. right in front of you. You can't really see my phone, but like I'm logged into my own Instagram. And if you just search for unsafe space, you probably can't, I don't know if you can see it very well. But if you search for unsafe space, you can scroll down. There's lots of unsafe spaces, but not ours. Here's it. I'll share this. You could actually never, there you go. That's what it looks like. You could never find our, you can never find unsafe space. Now, people who've already been to our channel and subscribed, some of those people, it's showing up under autofill because you've already been there. It's like, oh, you've been here before kind of thing. But if you, uh, I don't know if there's a way to delete your cookies or whatever on it, but for any new people who are looking for us, they're making it really hard to find us. Um, yep. So. By the way, thanks, Daniel. And Carrie does have an awesome laugh. Everyone loves your laugh, Carrie, and I agree with them. Oh, thank you. We do have Instagram. It's underscore unsafe space, as Carrie just mentioned, but uh, you can't find us by searching. So there you go. Um, and there's, we're not the only ones, right? There, there. You said that some of the other knitters are being shadow banned as well. Yes. So let me share something else. Um, so uh, at Knit Fragility, Knit Fragility is one of, and I think she's in the chat also. Uh, it's knit.fragility on Instagram. She shared a post last night, and it was it was basically the images that we've shown you. It was the image saying you've been banned because, or your post has been taken down because of violent violent organization um that one and then she shared the sjw bingo cards and it was in one post um she used all the same hashtags and we noticed she was being shadow banned if you went to the hashtags her post was not showing up and so then we said well hey they're probably doing this to other knitters let's see who they're doing it to now it's weird they haven't done it to my personal account yet and i know they haven't done it to round rabbit yet um but they've done it there's a few who've been sending in emails and um and, and DMs uh, or even posting in the comments on our Instagram account that, hey, I, my posts are being shadow banned too. But anyway, Knit Fragility was one of those. And then this morning, shadow banning her post wasn't enough because we were all talking about it, right? They removed her post and they sent her the same BS reason. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Your post is violating our community guidelines. I think these guys are butthurt because they lost that bingo. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> Well, um, I, as, as you pointed out, we went through the, uh, we went through the terms and service. So first of all, if you bring up that email, you don't have to bring it up again if you don't want to, but if you've got it there, it says violence in dangerous organizations. Um, that's their description. So let me just, let me just show you something here. Um, so if you, this, these are the Instagram community guidelines, which is what they referenced. If you search for the word dangerous, it doesn't show up. So there is no violent and dangerous organizations thing. If you search for the word violence, um, oops, you, there's four things. So let's just look at them. It's never okay to encourage violence or attack anyone based on their race, ethnicity, national origin, blah, 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 blah. Okay, well, we weren't doing that. Um, so, interestingly enough, when hate speech is being shared to challenge it or to raise awareness, we may allow it. I'm not even sure. I, they're saying we'll allow you 
to encourage violence or attack people if hate speech is being shared? Is that what that means, Carrie? Sorry, I'm muted. Yes. I mean, I guess so. I have no, I think they write their rules to be uh, vague enough so that they can justify not removing um, things like, like a lot of the SJW knitters have engaged in what I would call targeted harassment, uh, clearly of Maria Tuscan, of Sakmatician, of other knitters, where they name a knitter and they're basically sending people after this person, um, not just online, but trying to get them trying to cause them real financial and emotional harm in the real world, like trying to hurt their business, which they've done to several of these people. So they leave that stuff up. And, yeah, but and it, I think it's, it's, it's clear like that they're, they're admitting it here, which is really interesting to me. It's not okay to encourage violence or attack anyone based on these things. It's not okay to do these things unless you're fighting hate speech. Yeah. So like <laughs> they're basically saying, SJWs are allowed to be racist, sexist, uh, you know, they can they can do any of these things. Any of these, quote, hate speech things doesn't count if it comes from the right side. Yeah. And, they, and that's what's funny, because, again, they're engaging in projection and doublespeak. They are lying because they are the ones that engage in targeted harassment. Um, hate speech. How do you define hate speech? They are hateful. Their speech is hateful. They're encouraging hatefulness. <laughs> so I'm like, but they're, it's okay because as long as they call themselves the opposite and they use the opposite, it's like Antifa. Antifa is not anti-fascist, but they name themselves that. So they get this cover, right? But when the media gives them cover, everyone pretends like they're anti-fascist and that's how they're reported. And, you know, it, it's brilliant marketing. It's brilliant branding. It's like, a, it's like a, on the Republican side when they called that policy, no child left behind. That's brilliant branding. It's not true, but you know, they, they, that's a, that's a, I mean, that's a way to, I would say for, um, it gives, it gives you cover because people who are your ideological allies will pretend like the name is enough. Like, just like SJW, we have people say, uh, like, like SJWs or people who are sympathetic to that belief system will say, well, what's wrong with fighting for social justice? I'm like, nothing, I don't think, but except that it's, there's nothing just about it. They're not like, what's wrong with being anti-racist and anti-sexist? Well, nothing, but they're not anti-racist and they're not anti-sexist. You don't just get to call yourself something and then have your behavior and your actions and your beliefs not match that thing. Right. Yeah. I mean, social justice, I would say is a little bit different because I think it's a, contradictory term in, in, in and of itself. So there's something wrong with fighting for social justice uh, because it's not just. Thomas calls it cosmic great justice. example, right? Is there anything wrong with being anti-fascist? No. That's noble. Uh, that's noble. That's but not they're what not, is. Exactly. They're not anti-fascist. Their behavior is fascist. Actually. Yeah, it's like very fascist. And look at, look at how they... It's that, when did we forget that um, it's not about what you say? It's like, what, watch what people do. I don't know that we ever learned that. When I was a kid, we we learned that. <laughs> we also learned sticks and stones when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. But so, but let's so let's go let's go to these community guidelines. So there's this one area. So don't encourage violence or attack anyone. So we didn't encourage any violence. Remember, all we put up was a SJW bingo card. So and we've never done what. Uh, anything close to what they have done we've and i wouldn't do this i would never even that professional sjw who uh was um lying about us uh 
uh, we would, I would never do a post with her hash with her and be like, you know, it's time to go silence her and like contact the people she works right. with. Like fact, I would never do that. In fact, both you and a lot of our community members got mad when I used the B word to describe her. They're like, Hey, yes. hey back off, back off. All right. All right. Yes. I'll, right. So, okay. So here's one. The next instance of the word violence, the next three, which is all of them occur in this paragraph. Be thoughtful when posting newsworthy events. So don't put your graphic violence, um, sharing graphic images for sadistic pleasure or glorified violence is never allowed. So that those are all the words about violence. That's it. So they reference, and I've noticed social media companies do this, Carrie, in their emails to you. They say, you violated our policy on blah, blah, blah. But that phrase that they used, whatever it is, in this case, uh, it was uh, violence and dangerous organizations, that phrase actually appears nowhere in their community guidelines. So you can't find what the hell they're talking about because it's a, it's a label that literally does not exist in their guidelines. You violated, it's like saying, you know, you violated our rule on using the color red. I'm like, oh, let me look for the word color red in the guidelines. It doesn't show up. So what the hell are you guys talking about? So, um, but if you want to, if you want to like say, okay, they're going to mislabel it. I, I scrolled through all their guidelines here. I don't, we don't need to go through all of them, but really quick, uh, only share photos you have rights to. Okay. Well, we didn't, that's fine. Post photos and videos that are appropriate for a diverse audience. And what this means is no porn. That's what they're talking about. Uh, no, you know, no sexual intercourse, genitals, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Well, uh, <laughs> I don't think that SJW bingo counts as porn. Okay, fostering meaningful and genuine interaction. So spam free, don't collect likes followers um, by posting repetitive comments. Okay, well that's not us. Follow the law, well we didn't do anything illegal. Uh, respect other members. So this is the one where maybe they could get excited. Um, we wanna foster a positive diverse community unless we're talking about diversity of ideas. We yeah, they're not they're not talking about real diversity or just like right. all these companies. They're they're not talking about diversity that actually matters, which is a diverse uh, marketplace of ideas, diversity of perspective, diversity of viewpoint. They're talking about the least important things about people, which is um, they want everyone to think alike, but uh, look different. <laughs> they want a variety of melanin content and but, but all with one idea. Right. So, <laughs> Okay, so we remove content that contains credible threats. So that content did not contain a credible threat or hate speech. Now, look, I agree with people that say hate speech is a bullcrap term. It's not a real term. Hate speech is a term that doesn't make any sense. All speech is, or hate speech is, is just speech. Hate is an intense, like hate speech is not a real, it's not a definable term. Objectively, it's 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 whatever the leftists want hate speech to be. So I, I agree that hate speech is not a real term. Even so, it's hard to make the argument that posting a bingo card using words out of context in an in an in a matrix is hate speech. There's no there's nothing actually being communicated really there other there's, than these are words you use. That's not yeah. hate speech. Yeah. So I, I hear what you're saying. So even setting aside the fact that you don't believe in the concept of hate speech, let's say you do, let's say you agree with let's say, and let's say you even accept what is probably their definition of hate speech. Our post doesn't meet that level of, it doesn't, it's not, right. it, doesn't, it doesn't fit their definition of it at all. No, it, it can't, it can't. 
So, okay, so let's keep going. Content that targets private individuals to degrade or shame them. Well, it doesn't do that. Personal information meant to blackmail or harass. Doesn't do that. Repeated unwanted messages. Doesn't do that. We do generally allow stronger conversation around people who are featured in the news. Okay, fine. Uh, it's never okay to encourage violence or attack anyone based on their, this is the part we just read before. So we're back to that. And then serious threats of harm to public and personal safety aren't allowed. This includes specific threats of physical harm as well as threats of theft, vandalism, and, and other financial harm. Uh, which, by the way, telling people to boycott Tuscan Knits, that's, uh, that would count as financial harm. Yeah, but again, double standard. It's okay when SJWs do it. Right. Okay, so there's, there's that clause. Glorifying self-injury. We're not doing that. And be thoughtful when posting news, newsworthy events. Those are the rules. That's, those are the rules. That's it. That's, that's, those are the community guidelines. We did not violate the community guidelines. Even if you agree with the concept of hate speech, we did not violate them. Um, but we, we are in trouble for being effective, as you said earlier. Uh, they just really don't like, <laughs> they really don't like anyone defining what they're doing. Anyone saying, hey, this is what social justice people are doing. They don't. They, they don't, don't like an accurate, what did you say on the, on Instagram that I thought was brilliant? You said social justice ideology is so fragile that, uh, what was it? Do you remember? Oh, what, what I said about what it? You said, yeah. Oh, um, I, you know what? I'm sure it was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I'll Okay, have to here it is. Instagram. You said social justice, an ideology so corrupt and fragile to rational criticism that its adherents are ma maniacally, sorry, I can't speak today, are, that its adherents are maniacally obsessed with erasing any accurate descriptions of it. Yes, I you said that thing. Yeah, you said that brilliant thing, which is true. And um, uh, by the way, people in the people in the chat are they were like, Carter never laughs. <laughs> and, I know, I rarely laugh on the show. That's true. Nicole uh, says Carter doesn't laugh because he has intermittent fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's like my power, PG and E. Um, yeah, anyway. uh, you know what? I I I um I tend I to laugh. be I tend to be a very serious person. Uh, I you do laugh. laugh. But yeah, I do, I do tend to be pretty serious generally, um, especially about this stuff. I mean, look, just from, I burned all my bridges in Silicon Valley, torched my career, decided to bleed cash to what? Talk about social justice on the Internet, trying to save Western civilization. Like, it's that important to me. So this is this is, you know, is that yeah. important? Oh yeah, I well went, but I you know, but we do it with humor. I think people can do it with humor too. Sometimes, Carrie, I am in a better like. Oh, I know. Mood. Well, and I I've said something yesterday on Instagram about this to you. You were like, these people are you know, they're tyrants. They're gonna, you know, they just want to be authoritarians and shoot us and and. No, in the I'll, real world, that's what they would do if they could. If they had the power to remove us from society, they would. Right, and and. While I agree with that, and, and normally my mindset, normally my mood is like treating it very seriously, which is why I don't laugh very much. Um, but sometimes I have a more lighthearted attitude about it because fundamentally I think evil is incompetent and incompetence is funny to me. And so like th this, and this is what I, the point I made to you on Instagram, which is like, yeah, they they like they would want to round us up and shoot us, but they're so pathetic. Like they're so pathetic. They're so incompetent. 
if they pave the way for tyranny eventually, they're not going to be in charge. Some Attila the Hun's going to come in. He's going to hang them first. Like they're 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 going to be killed before we are because they're the agitators that like that paved the way. They don't they don't want the agitators around. So like it, I I I think evil to me if I have the right attitude and I'm in the right mood, evil to me becomes kind of funny in how incompetent and stupid it is because evil can't exist without the good. Like evil is a mooch. If you steal and hurt people and that's how you exist in life, you're basically telling the universe. It's a message to the universe that's like, I'm incompetent. I'm incapable of, I'm incapable of, of living on my own and, and being productive on my own. I need to, I need to suck the life out of everyone else in order to survive. Like I need to, I need to steal other people's productive output. I need to, like, I, I can't, I'm incapable of actually producing, which is kind of funny to me, honestly. It's kind of a silly thing. The only thing that makes it a little bit less funny is there's, you know, 100 million dead people last century because of communism. So it's incompetent kind of philosophically, but it does have real world consequences, which is why I normally don't laugh. That's a long little explanation. <laughs> Someone wanted an angry rant. I, I don't know. know if that counts, but it's a, it's a rant, maybe. Um, um, well, hey, I wanted to answer a couple questions. By the way, wait, wait. Keith is defending me. I did laugh once in New Jersey in the 1990s. Uh, so thank you, Keith. I remember <laughs> that day well. It was a good day. I laughed. It might have been the day that we went and took the gun control bill out to the range and shot it up, but I don't remember. Um, um, okay, let me answer a question. So one of our followers on Instagram asked, how does one know if they are shadow banned? So uh, it's it's kind of hard to find out if, um, if they tweak the algorithm to such a degree that your posts are not showing up um, like they should in your followers' feeds, that's hard, that's hard to be able to tell if they're doing that or not because what they'll do is make it show up for some people or occasionally, but just it won't show up as frequently they'll down they'll push it your post down basically we don't know how to prove that um but what you can do is you can check and see if you've been using any of these hashtags that they don't want us using i guess um diversity or sockmetician or tuscanitz um go to your posts that still have those hashtags up click on the hashtag and look through recent and see if your images are showing up or not if you're shadow banned they've removed your images from from appearing in those hashtag results. Right. Also, as so you pointed like, out, if you search for your name in accounts and it doesn't show up, that's a pretty good indication that they're also shadow banning you. They don't want people to find you. Yes. So um, you, if you go to Instagram, as Carrie said, if you go to Instagram and type unsafe space space, like you write unsafe space the way that you would spell it uh, and search for our account, you will not find it. You won't find it. So uh, that's intentional. I don't know. Sorry about the rant, Carrie. By the way, just for clarification, Art, my wife does not run my Instagram. Uh, she actually has, she's, she has severed all public ties on social media to me <laughs> so that her career doesn't also go up in flames. Uh, so how yeah. sad is that? Right. So here's, um, Wait, um, your, your mic just did a weird thing, Carrie. Say that again. Okay. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's, it's this new cord. I've still got issues, but, um, 
So I read this piece recently uh, by Chadwick Moore. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember who he is. He's the guy who um, he used to be a, he, a, a writer for Alt Magazine, the gay magazine. Um, he he was a liberal, a, a lifetime liberal Democrat. And he did a piece on Milo Yiannopoulos in 2016, I guess, something like that. And he got so much hatred and flack just for interviewing Milo that that was the point for everybody's got something else that wakes them up out of the cult. And that kind of woke him up because he had never seen so much vitriol. And eventually he wrote a piece um, that was like, I'm coming out as a conservative. And he, he's like fully on the right now. And um, when I first read his story, it, it was really interesting to me because I was at that period in my transformation or my awakening or what have you, where I was trying to figure things out. And I was, I was trying to figure out why I was suddenly, there was this uneasy feeling I had about my side, about my echo chamber and all that stuff. And I looked at him and I was like, whoa, um, I, I don't want to just, it, to me, it seemed like he just chose another tribe. And I was like, well, I don't, I don't want to do that. Like, I don't want to just become a Republican or whatever. I don't want to just jump from one tribe to another. I, that may be an inaccurate representation of what he did. It's just what it looked like to me at the time. Um, but but he, I did look at him as someone who was like brave and I identified with him in a lot of ways. I was like, oh, he's like coming out. And he, and he talked about how coming out as conservative was a much bigger deal and much scarier with much more social repercussions than coming out as gay at this point in history in the U.S. Oh, absolutely. 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 Yeah. I and mean, so- well, so he just wrote a piece and um, I'll look for it in a second, but um, maybe, you, maybe you could search for it while I'm talking, Carter. It's Chadwick Moore and, it, and uh, in it, he talks about um, how all the social media giants, the behemoths, have unpersoned a lot of the very influential people from, who helped in the 2016 election to get Trump elected. Um, or take Trump out of it. These are just people who are wrong thinkers. They also have, a lot of them happen to be people who worked for Trump to, or not worked for him, but helped to, they supported him and they had big platforms. Um, but, but take that out of it. They're just wrong thinkers and they're influential and they're, they're culture warriors. He calls them culture warriors. Um, so people like Milo Yiannopoulos who had millions of followers, Alex Jones, millions of, whether or not you, like these people, the point is it's undeniable that they were influential. They had a huge, they had huge audiences um, and they were effective. And what it, what happened in the past two years, they've slowly working in coordination with one another, kicked these people off of all social media platforms. They've been effectively relegated right now. A lot of them are on telegram or which nobody's on really, or they're um, trying to have start their own, trying to get people to come to their own individual websites, which is is a valiant effort. But at this point, like people still like the marketplace, the 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 public square is still on these big platforms where they've now been excluded. It's like kicking them out of the public square completely. And so his piece was about so what's popped up in their place, what has not been banned. So none of those people, whether you like them or or not, none of those people are white nationalists. None of them support an ethno state or anything ridiculous like that. They're not, they're not the Nazis they've been made out to be. 
Um, they're just uh, like in Milo's case, he's a provocateur. Uh, he says offensive things, you know, that they don't like. Um, Alex Jones has engaged in conspiracy theories, which they all do, by the way. They all engage in conspiracy theory all the time. <laughs> Russia. Um, anyway, they whatever you think about these people, they're not white nationalists. They're not ethnostate people. They're not Nazis. What's cropped up in their place? Some people who actually are those things. And the, if you notice, the social media giants let those people stay. They let the actual white nationalists stay. Richard Spencer still has a platform right. on all these, all these media, social media companies. Why? Because he's a friggin' lunatic and nobody follows him because it's, they're trying, but he's a boogeyman that they can point to and say, look. <laughs> and, but, but he's not actually influential. Well, like there's a small, sure, there's a small group of people who follow these uh, nut jobs, but, but it's very small. It's not like the massive following that these um, unpersoned culture warriors had. And right. so I guess the point I'm leading to, this is a great article. Hopefully we can pull up in a second. But one of the things that made me think about was how um, the people that they are slowly pushing out of the marketplace of ideas and out of the public square, um, they've already done it to some people who are huge, who were huge by successfully um, successfully tarring their name in the press because they work in cahoots. Um and so, so that when they were kicked off, like I had p people on the left, friends of mine who are like, they hate Alex Jones, so they don't care because they're not principled people, they're ideologues and they, they don't stand for freedom of speech regardless of who it is. They just, they're, they're happy to censor if it's someone they don't like. And so they could, they could take those big targets down easy, but see people like us, I think, well, first of all, we're not anywhere near, we don't even have a a moderate, you know, we have a good following, but we're not like anywhere, you know, we're talking about millions of people versus 2000. Um, uh, it's easier to get rid of us, but, and it's easier to do it now before just in case any of us, or if Mike Carlo, whoever amasses a following, um, I think it would be harder for them to tar us in the, in the public square. So they have to get rid of you now because I think if we, like, I mean, of course they would try to tar us, but I think it would be really much harder to do that than it is to someone like Alex Jones. Do you know what I mean? Am I rambling too much? No, I, I think you're making perfect sense. And um, the, the thing you have to real, I think people have to realize about the Richard Spencers and the David Dukes, who also has a Twitter account still. It's check crazy. Mark, blue check mark, li literally KKK leader, blue check mark Twitter account. Um, the the thing you got to realize is Richard Spencer and David Duke are part of the narrative. They fit the leftist narrative. The leftist narrative is uh, all good people are radical social justice warriors and they are fighting evil Nazis. Well, that means that there is no in between. There's no there's no there's no room for anything but those views and so they want you to see the crazy nazis because as you said carrie that it's a boogeyman and so um you know you're more likely to say if you're not a principled person you're more likely to say well i'll accept a little bit of censorship if we're going to stop these crazy people i mean look at david dukes on twitter look at richard spencer i don't know who this carrie smith person is or this mike harlow person is but if they were banned wow i mean if they were banned for hate speech and this Richard Spencer guy is still there, they must be really bad, right? Um, 
but they're not really bad. It's that they're it's that they're not bad enough. You're not actually you're not the enemy they want you to be. Yeah. And you're not like it's it's like a well well first of all in chat Nicole says she thinks she's shadow banned on Twitter. She has 27,000 followers and she's like I hardly get one like on a and and she used to get a ton of them. And you can um do that. Uh, if you're shadow banned on Twitter with a tool called shadowban.eu, go to SHA. Here, I'll just put the. You can check. We're not shadow banned on Twitter yet. Um, but you can check if you are. There's the URL. I just put it in chat. Um, so, but a lot of people are. I think uh, one of our other listeners, I think Taya Smith, is partially shadow banned on Twitter. She thinks, yeah. So, good job, Taya. You've been doing something right. Apparently, we have not been doing enough on Twitter. Uh, on Instagram, <laughs> on Instagram, we are effective. Yeah, I bet if, maybe if you posted the SJW bingo on Twitter, we could see. Um, oh, I've posted on Twitter. They don't care yet. Yet. Okay. So what happens is there's um, somebody, somebody on uh, Instagram was asking in in the comments on Knit Fragility's post before the post got just deleted and shoved down the memory hole. There were a bunch of comments on it where Knit Fragility had shared our post and. Uh, we were talking about how her her post was being shadow banned, and one of the commenters on her post asked, and you can't you can't see this now because it's all been deleted, but um, asked, you know, what is going on? And because uh, it, it's not just us; it's some of the people who follow us and some of the other people using these hashtags are being affected. And so she's like, "What is going on?" And I'm like, "Well, clearly, Instagram has decided to join the SJW mob. They're taking a." They're take they're they're moving like if it's a game of chess or whatever they've just made a move, and it doesn't mean that it's a huge the huge companies deciding this. It's like all these companies, a lot of them, a lot of them employ SJWs. This right. is this is one or more people who work at Instagram, uh, becoming drunk on power, <laughs> and and saying this is how I'm going to affect change in the world, like. Imagine if you were an SJW and you had even a modicum of the power that your dark little heart desires. <laughs> like that's that's what this is. It's like someone who's like, I am. Yeah, they're getting like, away with it. They're getting they're away getting with it. it. They're little fiefs and they're getting away with it. And management either is incompetent or just doesn't care, right? Doesn't about care. about it. So um, or maybe management is kind of tacitly approves uh, in many cases. But even like Twitter, I don't think. I don't even I don't think Jack is out like actively like, yeah, let's use Twitter to push social justice. I think he just uh, he kind of agrees with a lot of the um, ideology and kind of trusts people. They're doing something fair and, you know, probably has and a meeting once in a while and, you know, who cares? Right. Um, and it's not bad enough yet for people like him, for the people at the top to have to care. That's the thing is things are going to get like I've, I've actually alternately encouraged that there's a backlash brewing against this ideology which is awesome but i also think and mark hughes who we've had on the show the um who's a comedian he said i think things are good i think that there's a backlash brewing but i think there's at least two or three more years of that that things are going to get worse before they start to get better and i agree with him but there's the backlash is building but the climate of sjw ideology things are going to get a lot worse I do believe for a couple of years yeah. until they, until that backlash that it has grown big enough to do something, but see the danger of this. I mean, look at history, you know, there's that whole, that, Oh gosh, whose whose poem is that? You know, um, 
first they came for the blank and I said nothing. Oh, I don't know, but I know what poem you're talking about. Right. And then Someone they came. Tell us. Yeah. And, and that's what you see happening here. And, and I don't want to make too light of that, but, but I, back when they were doing the unpersoning of Alex Jones, it was like, I was thinking about that poem. Cause it's so, you know, first they came for Alex Jones and I don't give a shit. Cause it's Alex Jones. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. it's like first they came and it just, it, but then it keeps broadening who they're going to come for. And so unfortunately I think history shows it has to get really bad before some of the uh, people with the most amount of power using, using their word, but it's true. The most amount of power or influence will get, it has to get really bad before they'll either open their eyes to it or decide to get involved. Right. The poet's name was Martin Niemöller, a German Lutheran pastor. Um, but yeah, a couple of things. Um, El Vaquero uh, points out in chat that um, imagine living in a bubble where 20% of the people are SJWs. And look, as someone who is in the uh, the bubble in the Bay Area and had, you know, until very recently was in the tech bubble in the Bay Area, uh, El Vaquero is being too generous. It's not 20% of the people are SJWs. They're living in a bubble where over 50% of the people are SJWs. <laughs> like, they're like, there's a lot of SJWs. It's normal. It's the normal thing. Even people who don't at think tech about companies. it. Yeah, at tech yeah. companies. Absolutely. Yeah. Even people who don't think about that stuff have adopted social justice terminology and ideology implicitly. So every, you can't go to a you can't go to a party in Silicon Valley and and find uh and when I say party, I mean like a conference or you know a vc event or anything any startup event or whatever you can't find one where at least 50 percent of the people aren't totally bought into social justice um so there's there is that um and i also want to address something that Lindsay said earlier because it's something that you and i say a lot carrie but we didn't just now and i want to remind people who maybe don't always hear us um or are new she said it's a mistake to characterize this as left versus right that's true it is. We talk in terms of left versus right because um, that's how a lot of people think about the world. It is really authoritarian versus maybe smaller government or less authoritarian, we'll just say. It's a, it's, a, it's a spectrum of authoritarianism. And there is really no functional difference between Richard Spencer and radical social justice warriors or David Duke and radical social justice warriors. They are both in the authoritarian camp, they just have a different set of rules that they want to force everyone to follow. They would rule differently, but they both want to rule. They want to. They they view it as their right and responsibility to bully everyone through tyranny. And it's on you know people that on the quote left have a different agenda for what they would want to you know what kind of things they would do to bully people or what kind of people they would bully. And people on the right, they want to bully different people in a different way, but they're both just bullies. Um, and, yeah. and both of those ideologies are inimical to the founding principles of America and the Enlightenment generally. Enlightenment. Gary, you were going to say something. Uh, hold on, my speaker is being weird again. Okay, I'm back. I was going to say yes. Have you guys seen that... Um, Gosh, what is it? It's the uh, political spectrum chart. Do you know what I'm talking about, Carter? 
Oh, the one that everyone, like the, the typical one everyone always uses with the four quadrants. Yeah, the four quadrants. Well, just in case people hadn't seen this, because I, I've learned so much in the past two years since I left my old ideology and I had never seen this before. And when I saw it, it helped me to visualize it. So um, here it is. Let's see. Um, da, da, da. Okay, let's see if you guys can see this. And, the, and those of you who are just listening, um, this is that political quadrant thing. So you have a square, right? It's divided into four smaller squares. Um, in the upper left, you've got authoritarian left. In the upper right, you've got authoritarian right. And then in the lower left, you've got libertarian left. And in the lower right, you've got libertarian right. So this up here, the authoritarian, this is what I'm really concerned about. This division between up top and down below is so much more important to me than this division of left versus right. I'm not saying left versus right doesn't exist. Of course it does. There are different policies that people support on the left and right. But what's really important to me is whether you're an authoritarian or not. <laughs> and so they, this authoritarian left square, this is the SJW left. And, and, and specifically like they're right up here. I don't know if you can see where my cursor is. And they've been pulling, this is what's been, this is what's known as the Overton window shifting. The Overton window being the range of acceptable thought or speech has been shifting in the past five or 10 years, especially it's been shifting way over to the authoritarian left. And what that does is it, it pulls the right with it. And so that's why you see um, like mainstream conservative conservatives are social liberals in a lot of ways these days, like, cause they've been pulled over with it. Do you know what I mean? Um, but like the mainstream left is, is kind of hovering in this authoritarian quadrant now. And it didn't right. used to, at least I don't think it did. Maybe my perspective was skewed back then, but it's really um, concerning. And what's weird is that um, in order to justify being over here, they continually push this narrative that we're over here on the authoritarian right, which we're not. It, it is not popular or acceptable or in any way uh, encouraged or supported to be um, a white nationalists of course not to be um to be on the authoritarian right is not is not anything that any person any reasonable person supports but they pretend like that we're living in a world that's this right now and we're not we're way over here they have right. to get that's, you to believe that's to get us over yeah. there that's why they do yeah it. that's yeah. to get us over there so this is carrie i know that you have not been immersed in the libertarian community uh, maybe no. at all, but certainly not until recently. Your no. exposure. Um, but that's that chart, just to be clear, that chart's kind of a bastardization of this, which libertarians have been using as, I'll say propaganda, but I don't mean it in a bad way. Like it's a recruiting tool that libertarians have been using for, I don't know, decades. But if you'll notice, it's personal, personal issues on this axis, economic issues on this axis. And it's very similar, right? There's four quadrants. I've never seen this like, before, by the way. So thank you. Okay, so th this is this is old, right? So this is personal issues. This is like, um, how much freedom do you want personally? This is a lot over here. And and down on the bottom here, it's not much freedom personally. And on economic issues, how much freedom do you want versus like not much over here and a lot over here. And so typically libertarians would, would use this to, um, a lot of people would take this test and find out that they were actually 
philosophically a little bit more in the libertarian and now maybe non-libertarians may have used it as well but this was the model that was kind of used to describe politics and so if you wanted very little personal freedom and very little economic freedom you were statist big government if you wanted a lot of personal freedom and um, not a lot of economic freedom you were left if you wanted a lot of economic freedom but not a lot of personal freedom you were right and if you wanted both freedoms you were libertarian and then then you a box in the middle for centrists but what has happened is if you'll notice, this this is old, so this says left and has liberal in in uh, parentheses. But this is not the left position anymore. It's still the liberal position, but the left position has moved actually down on personal issues. They're, they they they've maintained their statist big government status on economic issues, but they've just started to crawl down this graph towards authoritarianism on personal issues. Um, so personal issues include what pronouns you're allowed to use when you call other people things or what language you're allowed to use on on social media or whatever. These are all these are personal issues. Can you have a firearm? Right. That's a personal issue. All these things, um, they've kind of moved down here, putting them in the status big government category. And the reason Carrie is arguing correctly that the the argument should be focused around statism versus non-statism. So on this graph, it would be the bottom versus the top is because this there are very few people left in this this liberal quadrant here anymore the the kind of liberal center of gravity has moved way way down over here to statist big government and that is extremely concerning it's extremely concerning um and actually as you also pointed out this conservative stuff has also moved a little bit more up on the personal issues, you know, there was a time when being conservative meant you were against uh, gay marriage and uh, against, you know, pornography or whatever. But a lot of people now who describe themselves as conservative um, actually have a, a more libertarian view of those particular personal issues. I had, I've never seen that before, so I thank you. I appreciate it. I um. I want to show you one last chart. 65 or something. Thanks, Art. Jeez, I already. <laughs> now I'm like 65 or something. <laughs> <laughs> we have. You guys are. Really I do feel 65. He's right. They crack me up. Okay, wait. Okay, look. One last one. I'm sure a lot of you have seen this one, but if not, this one just makes me giggle. So this is like the four quadrant one that we saw before, but it's an S. <laughs> <laughs> so on this one, you see over in the authoritarian left quadrant, you've got a picture of a typical SJ, of what's supposed to be an SJW, I guess. And it says me, good. In this area, they've just labeled good. <laughs> and then the, all three of the other quadrants are Nazis, <laughs> which is so it's true. Funny. It's funny. It's like the SJW bingo. This is funny because it's true. They actually, Carter's read the Antifa handbook. They actually say, if you're not in Antifa, you're a Nazi, you're a fascist. <laughs> yeah, so I, in fact, I know I have so many things that are on my to-do list, which I apologize for, because a lot of people have said like, explain this or talk about that. One of the things is I was supposed to make a video on Antifa's handbook. I have read their handbook cover to cover and they, the handbook basically admits, I mean, they don't say it all in one nice succinct sentence, but um, the handbook basically admits that <laughs> the definition of fascist is non-communist so <laughs> like that's that's their that's their ideology so like you're a fascist and you might be like i'm not a fascist 
But no, by their definition, you are because if you're not a commie, you're a fat. Like that's their entire worldview is like commie fascist. There's nothing else. Communism, like, fascism. Those are the only things. Like we've said before, it's like for people who believe there's an infinite number of genders, they sure do believe in a political binary. <laughs> like, yeah, it's funny, right? They they see the distribution of chromosomes and they're like, well, there's like a point zero one percent of those are sometimes mangled, so can't say there's binomial. There's can't say there's a bimodal distribution there, but uh, the political spectrum bimodal. Fascist commie. That's the spectrum. Yeah. Uh, um, okay, um, so a couple things. Maria in the chat said yep. that she noticed on uh, Mikey, Mike Carlo's Instagram, which, by the way, we and we talk about Mikey a lot. He's one of our friends. He's um, uh, banned from Twitter. It's been three weeks now, but he, um, for no reason, but he's still on Instagram at Sleepy Harlow. And yes, he's been promoting. He doesn't have a date yet, but in the next, sometime in the next two months, he's working on the date. He's going to do a, uh, what he's calling an e-speech instead of free speech, nice little pun, an e-speech rally um, about censorship. And uh, he's going to be announcing the date soon. It's going to be in New York. And if any of you guys are in New York or if you if you have friends in New York, once he's announced that, we'll help promote it as well. Please, please let them know because he would love for people to turn out. Um, you know, he, he doesn't have a massive platform. We don't have a massive platform, but uh, we do have some dedicated viewers and people who believe in the importance of free speech like we do. And so if you, if you have friends who do, please let them know. And anyway, uh, that's going to be Carter. I haven't even told you this yet, but he and I talked last night and um, he's going to try and get, we'll see pipe dream, but he's going to try and get funding so we can come up there too. And do, oh, cool. yeah. Cause I, I was I like, put him in touch with a couple people. And if you know other people who'd be interested, um, uh, let us know or let Mikey know if you know Mikey, but um, yeah, that would be great. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know if this person is still in chat, but this person was in chat before, and I don't want to reveal this person's name. I want to talk about, because it's related to what we're talking about, I want to mention the Amazon Mechanical Turks thing. I So I'm happy to give you credit for it, but I'm not going to say your name unless you come forward on chat and say, yes, you can talk about that and give me credit. Um, and if you're in chat, let me know. If you're not, I'm gonna we'll talk about it in a minute, uh, but we won't give you attribution. Um, but what's Mikey's, uh, what's Mikey's Instagram, by the way, it's sleepy, ha sleepy Harlow, like the legend of sleepy hollow, but, but his last name, Harlow, sleepy Harlow. Yeah. <sighs> All um, right. The well other thing I wanted to say is, uh, going back to being able to fight this culture war that we're in with humor. I really do think humor is so valuable. That's why, look what they took down. They took down our funny posts. They took down our SJW bingo posts. They, humor is effective, man. It's always, I used to work in comedy. Unfortunately, I represented a lot of SJW comedians because I was using my career to push my belief system. <laughs> but um, for a reason, it was effective. It was effect, comedy is effective and at changing minds, at being persuasive. And so um, anyway, I'm so grateful that we have so many funny people who follow us and contribute funny comments. One of the funniest comments I saw on Instagram was somebody said, like Epstein, your bingo card simply suicided itself. You know what? People have complained that the Epstein, it, like Epstein didn't kill himself has been like over memed. I don't think so. I think it's great that it's just, it's become such a joke. Um, 
everyone everyone knows he didn't kill himself. Uh, all right. Well, I, <laughs> someone puts out, by the way, that SJW comedy isn't, <laughs> which is correct. Uh, oh, it is clapter. <laughs> no laughter. Yeah, it's clapter, but it is effective. Um, even though it's clapter, we 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 it's effective in the same way that the SJW bullies on Instagram have been effective. It, it any anyway, I don't want to go off on a subject. No, no, I, I I agree oh. that it could be could be effective. Um, because right. when you get people united in like in the same uh like all doing the same thing together there's like an extra boost right so right so one thing about the jeffrey epstein memes for really quickly one thing i like about them is that for once this is a subject where that left and right line that i don't think is that important right now in history but it for once this is a subject where the left and the right are in agreement and i've seen hilarious memes from the left and the right about it because everyone save one person i've seen on twitter um is of course he was at the very least allowed to kill himself, but most likely murdered. So, yeah, it's uh, it's 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 a tough one to swallow. <laughs> I mean, if you're gonna watch Oliver Stone movies about JFK and other conspiracies, uh, you you basically have to agree that Epstein didn't kill himself. Um, okay, I'm gonna. This person hasn't said it, so I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna use this person's name, but. Uh, I had someone share this with me privately. Um, and this is about, so right now what we're dealing with is um, we're dealing with likely just people at these organizations. Like you mentioned, Carrie, it's, um, you know, uh, someone that works at Instagram who is um, deciding to be an activist about this. Right. And, that's annoying enough, but so let me preface with what I'm about to say with, uh, and I'm saying this as a technologist, um, the whole AI scare that we're going to have like a sentient AI anytime in your lifetime is not true. Um, we don't have to worry about robots becoming self-aware and taking over the world anytime soon. The main reason for that is we don't know how the human brain works on any level, we, we just don't understand it nearly enough to, to replicate any kind of functionality like that. No one's, no one's come close. What people are calling AI is actually just machine learning. Um, so AI has kind of been a term that's been co-opted because it sounds cooler than machine learning. So I'm gonna use the word AI. Um, but Amazon has this Mechanical Turk thing. And one of our supporters has, um, was telling me that they uh, I'm going to use I'm going to use the they pronouns so I don't give away gender that they uh, they're working with the Mechanical Turk um, stuff with Amazon and Amazon has outsourced the flagging of comments as hate speech so they need to figure out how to classify hate speech and so they are trying to train their AI. They've asked, they've outsourced training of the AI to be able to identify hate speech. Now, that's kind of interesting, especially because hate speech is not, remember, it's not really objectively identifiable, but they're hoping that they can train a machine learning algorithm to understand what constitutes hate speech and what doesn't. And let me show you what they are using to, um, to train the AI. These are the definitions that they're giving. They're outsourcing this and they're saying, this is, this is the definitions 
for some words. White supremacist, <clears throat> explicit white supremacy. It's an example. In this example, it is clear that the writer here claims that he is undermined by other explicit. I'm not sure what that is, but here's explicit white supremacy. Anti-whites, colon, race plays no role in human behavior whatsoever. Same anti-whites, colon, white people are inherently racist. So if you see someone post this, if they, if you write anti-whites say race plays no role in human behavior whatsoever, and the same anti-whites say white people are inherently racist, that's just something you might post on Twitter, right? Um, that counts as white supremacist, explicit white supremacy. That's what that is. So that the algorithm should pick up this. It should learn that that is explicitly white supremacist. If you say instead, um, these are quotes. If you say, as I said in my press conference today, Australians shouldn't feel afraid to go anywhere in their own country. Cronulla was a place where surf lifesavers were beaten up by Muslim gangs and women sexually assaulted by Muslims on the beach. We need a ban on Muslim immigration. That is implicit white supremacy, apparently. Um, so it says in this example, the post is purely informative and offers an indication of the hate intent of the author and not white supremacist, which is a neutral or positive statement would be calling your ancestors slaves show how conditioned Negroes are with white supremacist, blah, blah. So anyway, the point is really, these things are considered explicitly white supremacy, which I don't uh, even get the top one at all. I don't even get it. What do they mean by who who are the anti-whites? And I don't know. I, I, I well, I mean, I think anti-whites. I, I would say social justice is an anti-white ideology, but I don't know. You know, do you not get the tweet, or do you not get the? No, I don't get. I don't get it at all. I don't get the example they're trying to give. Well, I get. I get. So if you imagine this example as a tweet, someone says anti-whites say this, same anti-whites say that. I I understand that format, right? That format's on Twitter sometimes, right? They say race plays no role in human behavior whatsoever. Also, white people are inherently racist. So they're they're pointing out a contradiction. Oh, so right? if an, so if as somebody who is anti SJW says, look, the S replace the word anti white with SJW. Yes, that so, would be better. Right. Yes. So if somebody says uh, uh, SJWs say that race plays no role in human behavior, but SJWs also say that white people are inherently racist. They're saying that that's an inherently white. There's that explicit white supremacy. That's crazy. Pointing out the contradiction of that group is explicit white supremacy. Pointing out their ideological contradictions is white supremacy. Yes. Yep. Wow. So okay. This is the crap that, so I'm. what we will have, although I don't think we're going to have an AI overlord anytime soon, uh, we will have machine learning trained algorithms trained in this way um, telling us or sorry, censoring us on the internet. They're going to use this to identify content. Um, and given what we already talked about with respect to customer service and the ability to actually talk to someone about what's going on, uh, I can't imagine this will go well. So, and that's all. Well, you made the point that, um, I mean, I know the matrix comparison gets played a lot, but it for a reason, just the same way that we've referenced 1984, the same way that that is, um, has, has relevance today, the same way that Brave New World has relevance today, the Matrix has relevance today. There's a lot of great um, allegory there. And as you pointed out, we're not too far away 
from the matrix being uh, more realistic than not, because it's going to be these these robots that have been trained to be racist and sexist SJW robots (laughs) (laughs) who are going to be monitoring us and banning us and then try getting in touch with them at Instagram. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Trying to explain anything to them. And Maria correctly points out, by the way, in chat that this reasoning that we just showed explains why the bingo card was removed, right? Pointing out contradictions, maybe it's like, oh, here's what you say. This is why it's contradictory. Okay, maybe that's maybe that's why the bingo card. Although the bingo card, we didn't say it was contradictory. We just said these are words you use, really. That's all that is. But um Well, that one, that particular one, they took down bingo card two, and that one contains squares that say your silence is violence and your words are si- your words are violence. <laughs> I see. So that would that's that's why they took it down. <laughs> Which are both things they say. <laughs> yeah, they are both they are both things they say. So anyway. Uh, I don't know. I just wanted to share that I am a little bit, I do fully expect this to, this to happen. They're, they're furiously training AIs because you can't hire enough social justice, crazy people to police all this stuff, but you can train a machine learning algorithm, um, to detect it. Theoretically, uh, you can do that. So that's what we'll be, that's what we'll be facing. Uh, yeah, logic is inherently, (laughs) quote white culture or yeah it's the well that's what they teach that's right what that's what sjw's are currently indoctrinating teachers with and then telling the teachers to teach this we did a whole episode on uh, a deprogrammed episode on the racism being taught in new york city public schools and we got a hold of the source material for this new uh racial justice curriculum and they're teaching we've mentioned this before but it's insane because it, you can you can equally imagine these things to come out of the mouth of a white supremacist or an SJW. And they're saying stuff like logic is part of white culture. And, you know, being on time is part of whiteness. And it's like, what are you taught? That's so racist. And, but that's what they believe. That's why it's like the comparison that we make between the authoritarian left and the authoritarian, right. It extends. You can make that comparison a lot of different ways. They're both racist. They're both, they they trade in the same beliefs. They change a few details about who they're talking about, but they trade in the same beliefs. And it's just, I don't know. I get so frustrated about sometimes because it's so explicitly, it's so explicitly um, racist. It's basically- They don't even have to change their belief. They don't even have to modify beliefs. You could literally just take what, you know, you're talking about that, that episode in New York City schools. You could literally take those ideas and just rephrase them. Like if you're to say- um, uh, the expectation that you show up on time is is white supremacy or whatever, right? That's it's a it's part of white culture. Now, another way to phrase that, an equivalent way to phrase that, is only white people should be expected to show up on time. That sounds awfully. <laughs> that sounds awfully racist. You don't have to like change anything. That's just that's just what they're saying, right? If you say logic is a function of white culture, in fact, someone I think it was Tim Pool commented on this the other day. Someone was arguing that civility like not not going crazy and screaming at people and calling them names and swearing and having a temper tantrum civility was a european invention it was like a white culture invention oh yeah they say that right which is so it's so insulting though if you're from another culture like what you've never no one else has been civil ever only europeans invented civility how insulting is that 
they don't even hear themselves. And it, it it's weird. The, the reason they put that idea forth is so that they can be uncivil and violent. And it's the same reason they coined the term, They and they really cling to the term tone policing, because um, that's what tone policing does. If you guys saw any of the videos from Evergreen College, and if you haven't, you should go look them up. It was insanity. You want to see uh, a social justice mob come to life in real life? Go watch those videos. Um, but so at the, during the evergreen mobbing, there was one scene where students were screaming at this, either the professor or the president of the college or someone and another person, a student. And I think it was a, stu- I think it, I think it was a, a non-white student, but a student was like, you know, can we calm down? And like, you don't need to scream to get your point across kind of thing. And in the video, they're like, don't you don't police, blah, 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 blah. Because it's a defense of being aggressive, like not just aggressive, but it's a defense of being um, uncivil to the point where discussion is not allowed. It's a defense of being a tyrant, of telling people my way or the highway kind of thing. Um, and so, yeah, they love using that one. They love it. And this is another reason why the Eshiebe Bingo is not just funny, but effective, because once you start to recognize these words, they set off alarm bells. Somebody contacted me the other day and they were like, hey, uh, at my at my church, um, we got this new pastor who started, I think it was the pastor or youth pastor. Anyway, who's, who started use in the sermon was started using the word ally and it just set off alarm bells for me. And I was like, yeah, as it should, yeah. as it should, because it's, that tells me right there, that person has probably bought into part of this ideology, at least a part of it. And is preaching it. That word is, it should be a, a red flag that perhaps, this is a person bought into SJW belief system. Well, look, ally is a word that you use when you're at war, right? It's, oh. it's, it's a word yeah. that you use when talking about war allies, right? You don't, you don't, when Carrie, when was the last time you're like, my allies and I are going to go get a drink after the game. <laughs> like people don't, people don't say that, right? Allies are for war ally. It's a war term. Um, so that's a great yeah, point. We're at war. That's a great point. It's just like how they use other terms in weird ways that should give you pause. Like the way they always at colleges, like at Evergreen, they make a list of demands. I'm like, you know who makes a list of demands? Terrorists. Right. Kidnappers. Kidnappers. (laughs) (laughs) Your (laughs) three-year-old. Yes. Yes. Also your three-year-old. Although a three-year-old doesn't articulate them. They do more of the saying with their body language that civility is a tool of oppression. (laughs) <laughs> they're yes. more likely to just throw temper tantrums and yell. Um, um, so. Eckhart Troll in the comments, which, by the way, is a hilarious name. Great name. Yeah. <laughs> Eckhart Troll. Eckhart Tolle. I really like Eckhart Tolle a lot. Anyway, um, Eckhart Troll says, I hear comrade everywhere in these unsafe spaces. Yes, they yeah. use the word comrade a lot. In fact, one of um, one of our former clients. So I represented comedians, but my partner represented musicians. And we used to represent uh, Amanda Palmer, who uh, still to this day, I think, signs her uh, missives to her fans. Comrade. You I know, was going to say, that's the yeah. first person I think of because she and I were friends a while ago. Um, yeah. And it, it always bothered me. I thought she was just being like silly for no. a while. I was stupid and naive. And she was like, we get emails that would be like, hey, comrades. I'm like, that's weird. Well, I picked it up and I started using it 
when I worked with, I started using it in email missives to some of my comedians fans when I would do draft emails for them and stuff. So it's like on the left, it's kind of unthinking. You just sort of go along, you wear the Che Guevara shirt, you say comrade, you sort of, you sort of talk about implicitly, you kind of implicitly support uh, Marxism, communism, socialism without really knowing anything about it. It's a, it's, it's embarrassing to say, but it's a kind of, it's a thing I did. I just kind of, well, this is what my tribe does. Right. And this is, these now, are the good guys somehow. Somehow they're the good guys. Yeah. And I think, you know, we talked about punk culture the other day. A lot of the musician types uh, are trying to be counterculture, trying to be punk. And Comrade was for a while kind of like a punkish, you know, anti, um, anti-establishment. Well, if they want to be counterculture now, if they want to be punk now, they'll follow Kanye's lead and become a Christian because that's the most counterculture thing you could do. What 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 would be what would I don't know what would a fellow parishioner fellow fellow uh, I don't know what do you call other members of the congregation? Oh, sorry, unmute brothers and sisters in Christ. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sure we'll get an email from her any day that says the brothers and sisters in Christ. <laughs> patriots. They're patriots. <laughs> I don't, you know, I feel bad talking about her, but uh, uh what and we're not saying anything mean, it's just an observation of fact. She yeah. she does use that word. A lot of people on the left do. I used it, you know. So yeah. um I have to go soon. So let's take maybe a few questions from chat or something before I have to leave, I have to go to work. Yeah, I'm not sure if we uh, we have many uh, questions from chat. I can look through, let's, let's look through chat. Yeah, that is a danger. So low res boy points out the danger with algorithms is that it provides an easy exit from culpability, right? And yeah, you're right. It's plausible deniability. Like, oh, sorry, it's just our algorithms. They say that now, even when it's not algorithms. So I'm sure they'll say it even more. Sorry, it's just the algorithms that we trained to be racist. Not our fault. Yeah. Um, El Vaquero, I think, is identifying him or herself as, I assume it's him, uh, as an atheist who wishes they would find Jesus. I'm, I'm with you, brother. I'm an atheist who... Look, I've got a lot of problems. i got a lot of problems with religion generally. However... Um, I've said this before. Uh, I would much rather I would much rather live in Western culture run by Christians than like what we've got what we've got going on uh, on the social justice front. I, I I don't think I will rediscover my Christianity, uh, Westy Forty. I have a um a subject for another day. I've got a long uh, there's a lot of nuanced views of my my view of Christianity is is very nuanced. While I do think there's a lot of problems i do agree with a lot of the new atheists on some of it but i don't agree with i am a more in uh i'm more in jonathan heights camp on uh other aspects of it and uh, i think a lot of the studies that compare atheists to religious people are comparing atheists who do not have any um moral philosophy with religious people and i don't think that's a valid comparison uh I think you can have a moral code with universal principles as an atheist. It's just that most atheists don't. So uh, this is kind of a long, nuanced correlation does, is not causation argument which or, or discussion, which I don't want to have right now. But who knows? Well, 
Uh, I have something to show you guys before I go. Can we kind of do this real quick? Yes. Speaking of religion and rediscovering your... So I know we've been teasing this for a while. We never did it. It seems like too light for a simple episode. So I'll show you real quick. Carter's seen some of these. These are some of my bumper stickers from when I was in SJW. And they are, <laughs> they are highly, highly anti-religious. And I, I was such a die. I bought multiple copies of bumper stickers because in case somebody defaced my truck, which happens sometimes, well, one time, then I would have a backup sticker, you know? Anyway, there's, there's, uh, don't pray, yeah, don't pray in my school and I won't think in your church. Obviously, the implication there is that if you're religious, you don't think. Right. Uh, the Christian- it also it, it also is uh, it also I the one thing as an atheist that I think is hilarious about most leftist atheists is they pretend that they're rational when they're like so devoutly religious it turns my stomach. They're yes. like totally incapable of re- of reason. They just they've got a different religion and they're so hellbent on their religion and they're like we're the reasonable ones you stupid Christians and it's oh, like yeah. oh my can you not see how ridiculously dumb yes. you guys are? And by the way I had a lot of sh- uh, stereotypes I had to shatter and did my current um the church that I go to by now is full of some of the most intelligent people I've ever met and it's just it I'm embarrassed to say this, but it blew my mind meeting them because I just I had swallowed this whole stereotype. Uh, okay, wait, wait, here we go. The Christian right is neither. The, like that's saying that they're not Christian and they're not right. The radical right is neither. Um, this is one. This was one of my favorites. I had this on my truck for a long time. God, please save me from your followers. How nice. how, how insulting. Um, sorry, I miss church. I've been busy practicing witchcraft and becoming a lesbian. Um, Which, by the way, it's such a weird thing to be like. This is the other thing that I think is is funny about a lot of a lot of the atheists is they're like they they flirt with this idea of like I'm I'm a witch I'm a satanist and it's like you know like that's not you can say you're not religious but saying like I I I I believe the bad one like I yeah. <laughs> like, I'm religious I just chose the evil one I'm like that's not. That's not good. <laughs> You're not better. There, the other thing is like that this is like extreme virtue signaling, right? To put all this on your vehicle. Yeah. It's like you yeah. want you drive around like I hope I trigger somebody. Right. <laughs> Conservatives are like they have like an American flag and that's it. <laughs> liberals have eighteen thousand bumper stickers pasted to the back of their cars. Yes. <laughs> I had a bunch. Wait a minute, I gotta tell you a story after let me show you a few more. Okay, well behaved okay. women. Rarely make history. Yeah, don't be well-behaved. Feminism is the radical notion that women are people. That's not what it is anymore, guys. Third-wave feminism is not, that's not what it is. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Now, now actually, feminism is the radical notion that women are whoever wants to be a woman. (laughs) That is. (laughs) Wait, wait. Uh, I had a vegetarian sticker, of course. Um, Doing my part to kiss off kiss off to piss off the religious right um okay here's a now this is a funny one considering that this is totally backwards from the way it is now but last time we mixed politics with religion and people got burned at the stake you know who's trying to burn people at the stake metaphorically <laughs> doing so digitally it's the sjw's you want to talk about the crucible and people confessing to things and like look at what happened to sjw knitting wards it reminded me of the crucible where people start, oh, I confess, my, I, you know, three days ago I didn't realize, but now I know I'm a witch. 
Like, yeah, I also <laughs> want to point out that's factually incorrect. It's only correct if you if you view religion as Christianity. But if you expand it to this idea that there's an irrational, irrationally held belief that's unshakable, which is how they would probably define religion themselves, then communism counts. In which case, the last time we mixed religion with politics, we got communism. It's not, it's just a different religion. This, uh, yeah, I just, I call them, by the way, for people who haven't heard the term, I'm, I'm really big on dissing fellow atheists, mostly not the few in chat who are great, I'm sure. But uh, I, I like to call them state theists because they're basically, they just took out God. They're like, I don't like this idea of a God. It's the democratically elected leader that that's the supreme being. Yay. It's like, all right, like that's, that's, that's not better. That's not better. How many I, have to, I, have, I have to laugh because first of all, Knit Fragility says, please tell me the first time you went to church, you drove up in that truck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Maria is so much better. Radical feminism is the belief that men are women. Yeah, that's. <laughs> You just nailed it. That's exactly what That's it is. That's exactly what it is. But actually, no, I will make a correction. Radical feminists, to be to be clear for anyone, radical feminists are like Megan Murphy. They don't believe men or women. They're opposed to SJW feminists, and they're the ones that get called TERFs. They, they're the ones that get- That's true. Um, TERFs are yeah. a thing. They are trying to censor radical feminists because radical feminists- are not on board with the um, with the, this whole gender identity stuff that the SJW feminists are pushing. But that Turf is a very for, funny joke. <laughs> yeah. Turf stands um, for trans exclusionary radical feminist, which is what they derisively call people like Megan Murphy because feminism has, it's post-feminism now. It's moved on to like yeah. post-gender basically. So you can't really be a feminist if you don't believe in sex. Okay, the other funny comment was from Jane who says, how many trucks did you have? <laughs> I've I've had four in my life, thank you. Um, but the they weren't all. I had these as backups for for when because one time I had somebody pull a sticker off, but then another time I'll tell you the story real quick. Um, I have two stickers left. I'll tell you the story. I love that you needed backups. What if what if I'm without a sticker for a moment? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm like I'm like Ernest P. Whirl. Do you remember Ernest P. Whirl? No. Oh gosh. Do you remember Where's Waldo? Has the same outfit all the time. I'm I like. I buy multiples of things <laughs> like, like Ernest P. Whirl. Okay. Look, um, this is where I was an anomaly. Cause I always was a shooter. I grew up in South Carolina. So Democrats arm yourselves. And then, With um, no, no, <laughs> that's not what I meant. But now this one, I, I know I've been having fun and making fun of my own very passionately held beliefs. <sighs> this one is embarrassing and I'm actually ashamed of this one, but I'm going to show it to you because I believe it, um, highlights something about my old ideology that they don't like to admit. Um, there's a very virulent anti-child, anti-family um, uh, uh, strain in my part of the left. So <clears throat> six billion miracles is enough. And it's a picture of a stork with a baby. Yeah. With a little, yeah. That's is, really. Is, we, we forgive you, but it is pretty sad. It is. Uh. It is. Yeah. This is my, I believe fundamentally that radical leftism is anti-human and that bumper sticker uh, really encapsulates that well. Um, and you can see this in their, even in their approach to, in their approach to everything, their approach to environmentalism um, does not come from a place of 
well, here's why the environment will be bad for humans. Here's what, here's how the policies we're in, uh, proposing will affect humans. Let's look at this from a human flourishing perspective. That's not how they look at it. They look at, they look at it as humans, as a cancer, humans, as a disease, humans, as something that needs to be fixed. We don't need to have more human babies. They're, they're extremely anti-human, um, which is, uh, I don't think there's really anything more vile than being anti-human. I yeah. think that, that's, that's the core, the core most vile belief you can hold is to, is to not be human. So but that one is the one that embarrasses me yeah. for that reason. And the fact that I believed I was that I, at a point in my life, I thought that was radical or righteous or somehow, um, I don't know. I just, I, I, it, it, it get yeah. Anyway, anyway, I'm glad I showed that one to you. Um, here's the story though. Really, I promise the story. I'll just say this real quick. I had a the back of my my whole um, uh, tailgate. The whole the whole back of my truck was covered in stickers, not just the bumper. And <laughs> of course, it was. Did you have some on the window? <laughs> up to so you could look look out. No, but I used <laughs> to walk around with like t-shirts and I had like a army bag like I carried army supply bags with like buttons on it you know like f bush and stuff like I was just really I wanted I advertised my SJW beliefs everywhere I went and um I know I know somebody says geez Carrie Laura I know Laura it's embarrassing but look I showed it to you because that's that's what um no my truck was not electric <laughs> I was yeah. again I was a yeah, hypocrite <laughs> it was just uh, self-hatred Maria but here's what somebody did to me. And this is, I can laugh about this now at the time I was so mad. Somebody in my apartment complex, when I lived in Los Angeles, some conservative or someone apparently with opposing beliefs to the ones that I broadcast everywhere, they made a fake bumper sticker. They printed it out the size and shape of a bumper sticker. They printed it out on their dot matrix printer or whatever they printed out in their printer and they cut it out and they super glued it to the back of my truck among all my other stickers. So I didn't notice it for who knows how long. And I was driving around with the sticker on there that they made. And it said, <laughs> it said honk. If you want to, I'm not going to say the words, but it said honk. If you want to F this B dot, 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 Y. <laughs> and then <laughs> I was driving around with that for a while. And then one day I, re I saw it and I was so mad. And I was at work and I was talking to my friend T. I'm like, oh my gosh, I found that. I was, show I was like showing her like, I found this. It's literally rape. And she was like, oh yeah, I saw that on your truck a week or so ago. I didn't understand it. <laughs> I was driving around with it. Anyway, <laughs> it's kind of a, kind of a, anyway, that's my funny bumper sticker story. Whoever did that in my past years, decade ago, whenever that was. I can now laugh at what you did. I probably deserved it. <laughs> um, you know, I, this might get, I don't know, maybe people will disagree or get pissed at me. Um, I'm not making a philosophic argument. I'm going to say my feelings on something. So doesn't, I'm not, I don't need to defend them completely. Uh, I'm not accusing you uh, if you disagree with me. Uh, something that's really bothered me. I see a trend, especially, you know, the fertility rate in the West has gone down. I see a lot of couples and people, um, extremely concerned with the, the, uh, cats and dogs with pets, like extremely concerned with the health of cats and dogs and pets, wanting to adopt cats and dogs, devoting a lot of time and energy to cats and dogs and, and SPCA and like causes like that. And, um, something that I don't personally like about it is, uh, I, 
I have a soft spot in my heart for kids. Like I can't stand how most kids are. So many kids, not most, so many children are abused and mistreated and um, uh, just completely, just just completely abused by by their parents and and guardians and people around them. And we don't seem to care. And um, to me, there's something there's something that's distasteful about a wealthy society that has not solved the problem of suffering children, but is worried about, uh, you know, whether a cocker spaniel is going to be euthanized. Um, that really, really bothers me. And I'm not making a, I'm not making a, uh, again, I'm not making a moral judgment or argument. I know a lot of people love animals, but that's something that really, really bothers me. And I think it's a sign of, uh, I think it's a design of, a sign of inversion of values and it's a sign of that anti-human ideology. You probably, you were, look at, you were a vegetarian. Were you a vegetarian for moral reasons, Carrie? Sorry, I was typing something in. And also Were you a my, vegetarian for moral reasons. So partially, but also partially no. Yes, I had. Um, yes, I had a great, great. You know, I'd seen the PETA videos and stuff, and I, I still have. Obviously, I have a really soft spot in my heart for animals. Um, so part of it, yes, but part of it was that it was easy for me uh, anyway because I didn't, I didn't really like a lot of meat, so it was like kind of easy to give it up. It, and and then I became pescatarian because I like seafood. And I used to joke that, well, I, I didn't believe this, but I used to joke that I, I would eat seafood because fish don't have souls. Oh, I thought you were going to say fish are Nazis, but yeah, no. fish don't have souls is funny. Because um, no. souls do have souls. Uh, but yeah, I mean, look, I think there are a lot of people who are all about virtue signaling about their compassion for animals and while simultaneously uh, living in, in this world where we, we massively mistreat children and, you know, Again, I don't. I don't want to sound too much like a softy, but uh, my heart really breaks for the kids that are out there. Kids are, kids are amazing, positive creatures with such potential. They want the world to make sense. They're naturally kind of rational and inquisitive. And so many people, either either parents beating them, um, or abusing them, or schools abusing their minds and effectively neutering their their ability to think and and survive like we treat kids so horribly that uh i feel like until we until we fix what we do with our children i don't really have a lot of empathy for what we do with pets so i mean i i do but i but i totally hear what you're saying and i know we've talked about this you and i have talked even off camera about this i know a lot of people even here in austin who um are huge animal rights supporters, but, but, but more than that, they replace, uh, they, uh, a lot of my former friend group out here don't, none of them have kids and they openly talk about their hostility towards children, but they love pets and they call their pets, their children and stuff. Right. It's this weird, um, replacement that's happening there. Um, I have to go. I want to answer two questions from the chat. I answered one by typing, but just in case anyone didn't see it and for anyone that's listening, somebody was asking me about, all those bumper stickers and like what's in the mind of an SJW, I guess. Um, like somebody said, did that get art says, does that, did that give you a feeling of righteous indignation? Yes, it did. Um, and then Blackbeard asked, did you do it? Cause it's a cheap way for attention. No, uh, actually when people reacted and when I got, when it, when attention came to, when I got attention for it, which happened once in a while, clearly it made me really anxious and um, fight or flight instinct. I wasn't really good at, 
like I, I would just immediately go into my, um, well, my fight or flight instinct. It, did, it was very uncomfortable for me. I didn't like the attention, but what, what, what was happening with me is that I was very angry. What a lot of SJWs are, a lot of them are very angry. And we, we've talked about this before. I think there's a lot of mental health issues um, in the SJW world that are encouraged that people are encouraged to either to either develop mental health issues or to stay in their mental health problems and to not try and get better. And um, I had a lot of anger and I funneled it into this ideology. I had a lot of anger from childhood that I kind of pushed into this. And so um, it made me feel righteously indignant. Yes. And it, and it also was like, I was, I was very angry and I thought this ideology made me think, I thought I was morally and intellectually correct you know, and not just correct, superior, morally and intellectually superior. Like the arrogant way that I talked to my aunt um, reminds me of the arrogant way that a lot of these online SJWs talk to people. That's how I reckon I see myself in them. That's what helps when I'm able to have empathy, which I'm not always able to have is because I remember when I was like that. And um, there's probably something else they're funneling into this. This ideology is taking the place of something for them. And instead of dealing with themselves and looking internally and dealing with their anger and their pain and their trauma or whatever it might be, it's easier to go out into the world and be like, all of you people are blah, blah, you know. And so that's what those bumper stickers did for me. It was like I was angry. I thought I was morally and intellectually superior and I was correct and that I needed to educate people. You know how they're always they always think they're in this lofty high spot where it's not my job to educate you as if they're in a position to even do so. But I felt I was, and this was my way of, I wanted the world to know, do you know what I mean? Like, that's why I put that. And it was removed enough because it was in my truck. So it, the the chances that I would have an interaction with someone about it, it wasn't, you know, were, were not as much as if I were just speaking it out loud all the time, although I did that too. But um, but anyway, maybe that gives you, a, into the in the mind of an SJW, some insight. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um. Tamara, Tamara mentioned something on the animal thing, which I think is correct. Environmentalists see humanity as inherently evil and animals are the sacred innocence. So I, I agree. That is that that is how they view it, which is kind of a religion, by the way. That's uh, not just kind of. that That is a religion um, to have that outlook on life. Also, uh, someone else pointed out, you can actually have compassion for both humans and animals alike. Uh, I'm re- I'm specifically talking about the people who have a lot express a lot of compassion for animals, but but simultaneously contempt for humans. Uh, that's that's the thing that bothers me the most. Not people who are compassionate about both. Um, so if I wasn't clear on that, uh, that's what I mean. Somebody so. says, Pete says, is it really any different from religious zealots talking about my old ideology? No, it's not. That is why we keep drawing that comparison. It absolutely reminds me, uh, see, we will call it, it's like the religious left. And when I say religious, I don't mean Christian. I mean religious. They're religious. It it is a religion. The fundamentalist religious left is very much like the fundamentalist religious right. And in in the way that they want to tell everyone, they're like moral busybodies, how everybody else should be living, you know, that they're correct and they know everything. And um, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, as someone points out, it's just non-theistic religion. But even then, I would argue that their their god isn't a tangible one, but they they do have a god of particular ideas sometimes, or like a um, often. So this is this 
this is kind of how democracy and tyranny are are, are related, right? Tyranny is is one like a dictator is one person telling what to do. Democracy is just fifty one percent of the people telling you what to do. You're still being told what to do. Um, and I I I view uh, I view a lot of a lot of social justice advocates are living in a kind of democratic type of religion where uh, it's what their compatriots around them are telling them is true. That's believed. So it's uh, social metaphysicians uh, is, would be the philosophical term, right? They're, they're practicing social metaphysics. What's true and what's not true is what the group tells me, um, which is really not any different than saying what's true and what's not true is some other arbitrary belief. Um, so... Uh, okay. No, I don't know, kind of call them that, but I get it. Yeah. I have to say goodbye. Okay. Um, thank you guys. This has been fun. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, I don't know. We're going to see what unfolds with this Instagram thing. Uh, it, yeah, it, we'll see. Yeah. You know, it's, it, these will things, get kicked off entirely. Yeah. You know, it, it is very, you know, knowing it happens and seeing it happen to lots of other people. I mean, even yesterday before this happened to us, I saw on, on Twitter, Ed Lattimore, who's this boxer I follow, who's really cool, has a lot of, I mean, I would say spiritual insights. He's kind of brilliant. Ed Lattimore posted about another guy, AJ Coates or something, getting dropped down the memory hole on Twitter, his whole account gone. I don't know I much about that. I was following yeah. him. I don't even know why I was following him because I don't remember what his content was like, but he did disappear. I think he was similar to Ed Lattimore. I think he was like uh, uh, encouraging positive masculinity or something. I don't know. I didn't really look closely at him. But anyway, goodbye. Goodbye, AJ. Co like he's gone. <laughs> so I it happens all the time. It is just kind of surreal to have it when, when it's happening to you. And I, I um, uh, but at the same time, I don't, it's, it's not entirely discouraging. It's discouraging because they're, they're so powerful. Yes. But what's, it, it's good to have, um, I don't know. I think that maybe this is a Christian thing. I think a sign of being on the right path is that you have a uh, struggle. And so for me, if it were easy to talk about what we're talking about and if it were easy to do what we're doing, then it probably wouldn't be the right path. <laughs> it might not be worth doing. So anyway, well, I, I mean, I don't think that's necessarily wrong. I mean, the, the secular way of describing that is if culture and everything is moving in the direction that you think is good, then your struggle shouldn't be hard. But if it's moving in a way that you think is bad, then you should expect obstacles if you're fighting it. Like that's, that's called swimming upstream. That's what we're doing. We're fighting, we're fighting a culture. And yep. of course there's going to be obstacles because we're going the quote wrong way. So. Oh, Oh, one last thing I want to say, uh, and I really, really, I gotta go last thing. If for those who are, a Christian or of some type of um, spiritual belief or cut connection to some higher power, would you please say a prayer for uh, one of our viewers who couldn't be here today because her father's in the hospital? And so, Carter, we've never done a prayer request like that on the show. I hope you're okay with it. <laughs> I gotta I go. So I'm fine with it. You can do cool. your prayer. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay, bye. See you later. Uh, bye, Carrie. Um, I don't think I'll stay for much longer though. Cause I don't, I don't know if there's anything else in chat that is there anything else in chat that we need to talk about? I haven't really been watching. I'm trying to, uh, I'll scroll back here and look if there's not, I can just, I can take off. Um, someone said we should, uh, 
someone said we should um, migrate to a free speech platform. I agree. I mean, the issue is free speech platforms, you require, they need critical mass really and getting critical mass to migrate is difficult. And I actually have a problem with Gab. Gab is free speech much more than Twitter, but the founders of Gab seem to be like mocking libertarians, which I'm not a libertarian technically, but they seem to be like mocking free speech as a thing, even like on Twitter, they're making fun of, uh, and they don't seem to really understand the principles behind it. So I'm not really sure I don't know if I can trust that if they don't really understand the principle behind free speech, I'm not really sure I can trust that they're going to maintain it. I don't want to get into another situation where we put a lot of effort behind uh, jumping on some other platform that promises to be about free speech and then just abandons it later. But, you know, they do seem to be a lot better than Twitter, though. Um, and the, and as Art points out, the platform sucks. Um, let's see. Lindy asked, Lindsay asks, how many times have I wanted to tell a parent that they need to take a parenting course, but how off, how often would it be appreciated? Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. I mean, you repeat the mistakes of your parents if you don't consciously parent. And I'm sure I've repeated some mistakes as well, but uh, certainly I've done uh, an act, I've played an active role in figuring out what, what I think the right way to parent is and um, separating it from how I was parented and, really doing a lot of self-work and therapy and that kind of stuff to, to get over some of the issues that I would have easily passed on to my, um, my offspring. But yeah, I mean, and I think Lindsay's also the one who asked earlier, how do you reconcile, um, how do you reconcile kind of freedom with, uh, what I was talking about earlier, which is like the protecting children. Um, that's a pretty complex question. Uh, I, this is part of the reason that I'm not uh, focused on advocating for political freedom right now, because, uh, as, as Andrew Breitbart has said, you know, uh, politics is downstream of culture. Um, as I've said much less famously, uh, culture is downstream from philosophy. So, um, it doesn't really matter what our politics are. If our culture is going in a certain direction, there's really no way to stop it politically. Like we, we have a decent constitution. We just ignore it. it it's just words on paper. And those words can't stop anyone. If we're in a culture that's at odds with that constitution, it doesn't matter what's written down on a piece of paper. People will behave the way that they feel uh, is culturally correct, that what's whatever they've been uh, indoctrinated into or whatever their the kind of cultural milieu is. But um, so it's really the culture that needs to change fundamentally um, in order to really solve some of these long-term problems. Uh, I, you know, and, and for me, the way to change culture is actually to have, be able to have talks about philosophy and, and really get back to, in some sense, just get back to, in some sense, move forward from, but some sense, get back to, uh, some of the enlightenment philosophy ideas of having universally applied principles and, um, and individualism and really understanding what those mean and drawing a distinction between what you think is moral for your own uh, behavior and what you think is, uh, should be quote legal. Um, but even getting into, you know, um, proper, you know, moral behavior as just, you know, as yourself, like, is it, is it, uh, do I think it should be illegal to take heroin every day and, uh, you know, sniff glue? No, that should be legal. Do I think it's, uh, <laughs> the best way to take care of yourself? Uh, and, to, to live a moral life? No, I think it's self-destructive. So 
Um, we don't really have those conversations. We, we tend to conflate the two. If someone says, I believe this behavior is self-destructive, where people assume that we mean, oh, therefore you think it should be legal, illegal, and, and that's not the case. Um, and we need to you know, really get back to the, um, really the foundations of America, the Enlightenment philosophy. And, and there's some work to be built on top of Enlightenment philosophy, I think. But we're not having those conversations. So that's why I'm focused more on culture and philosophy and less on, uh, and less on you know, who's president at the moment. But uh, let's see. I'm stunned you can have your views and tolerate living in San Francisco. <laughs> it's very difficult. I'm stuck here for uh, personal reasons temporarily. Uh, well, hopefully temporarily. Uh, but yeah, it's it's not uh, it's not easy. Um, so there's a, I see there's an argument about income taxes. Uh, I know at least one person in the chat disagrees with me, but I do believe taxation is theft. Uh, and and actually, I think if you're honest with yourself, you recognize that the government is the initiation of abuse of force. And honest people who want government say, yes, it is. And there are certain cases in which I think initiation of force is valuable and you can is, is warranted. And you can have that discussion. I happen to disagree, but at least that's an honest position. Uh, denying that it is the initiation of force is just, uh, I don't think, helpful. Um, is my daughter allowed online? Kind of, kind of not. Um, so she does take some stuff. She takes some courses online. Um, she's got a pretty locked down computer. She's not allowed to have it in her room. So if she's online, it has to be out with us, uh, like in the living room or something. Um, I, we're, we're much more strict than other parents. She doesn't have a phone or anything like that. She didn't watch a movie until she was like six years old. She didn't watch any videos. Um, we've been pretty strict about uh, not doing any of that stuff. So, um, but yeah. So anyway, um, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna take off. Thank you guys for. Uh, did we pull her out of school? Uh, partially. <laughs> there's a disagreement. There's a disagreement about whether she belongs in school. I'm on the side of she does not belong in school. So she's right now half time in school and half not in school. Um, but she's getting to miss uh, one of the days she's out every week. Is uh, they're doing like <laughs> they're literally watching Greta Thunberg videos. So at least she's missing that, um, and she's learning way more. Uh, at homeschool than she is uh, in school. So um, hopefully she'll be out completely at some, at some point, but it's not completely, it's not entirely in my control. So anyway, uh, thank you all. Appreciate you watching. Um, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. By the way, we're getting more and more um, people subscribing on Subscribestar, which is awesome. I really appreciate it. Uh, we do have a, a vision for where this could go. Uh, trust me, you do not want me being the editor of these videos. <laughs> I'm not good at it and it's horrible. And we could probably, I, the way I look at this is I, I love what we're doing. I love our community and there's so much more I want to do. Uh, so um, I really appreciate the support. Carrie does as well. I know she would say the same thing if she were here. So thank you guys so much uh, for supporting us. Thank you for the people who've been adding their names to the subscribe star supporter list and just sharing and liking the content. So the more we can grow, um, look, we're probably are, we are going to be banned probably from Twitter someday and probably from Instagram and, Theoretically, maybe even from YouTube, although I think, you know, probably just demonetized from YouTube. So, um, you know, the more we can, the more we can get our, the word out now and the more channels that we can get the word out uh, on, the better. So thanks, everyone. Appreciate the chat. Love talking to you guys. And uh, Keith, you're welcome that there was no cat today. So here you go. All right. Take care, everyone. Thanks. Thanks.